tonight, uh, I got a specific thing on uh, in mind I want to talk about. The Lord just kind of gave me direction um, for tonight. And talking about vital healing truths. Truths about healing. And I think it's uh, uh, good for all of us. You may be here, you're, you know, are watching. You may be dealing with something, pain or sickness. Obviously, it's going to be beneficial for, for you. But all of us, it'll be a refresher course, a reminder of uh, some things. Uh, I'll put up uh, John chapter 1. Kind of broke it up into sections here tonight. John chapter 1. Here's the first vital thing that we know. This is from the message that we need to know from the message translation. The Word was first. The Word present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was a light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. Um, of course, this is talking about the, the Word of God. Jesus uh, came to this world. He was the, uh, the Word made flesh, as it goes on to say. But there's two kinds of uh, knowledge in, uh, in this world that we have. Two main kinds of knowledge. There's sense knowledge and revelation knowledge. Sense knowledge, we know about that. Seeing, tasting, hearing, smelling, and feeling. That's our senses. And then there's revelation knowledge. And what revelation knowledge is, it's the Spirit of God revealing His truth and His light to your spirit, and then it comes up from your spirit into your mind, and then you have understanding. And so many people have no clue, certainly people that are lost, have no understanding of revelation knowledge, but even a lot of the church folk, um, don't have a lot of understanding of revelation knowledge. Uh, most people live by their senses. And God gave us senses, and we, and we, 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 we need that to, you know, in our lives. And it's important. I'm not, I'm, you know, making light of it. But there's a higher way to live with our senses and then with revelation knowledge from God. And most people, they have no understanding of the Spirit of God, no understanding of spiritual things. Um, sense knowledge denies miracles. Sense knowledge denies the deity of, of Jesus. Sense knowledge den- denies the resurrection. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. You know, and so it, it, it denies so many different things. And the word then, the word of God is just a storybook or it's just a history book. You know, um, I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of college training, you know, um, from the age of 18 until 30. I was basically in college. So a lot of different classes. After I, after I graduated from ORU, I had 25 more classes in accounting and business and other kind of things. So just a lot of, you know, different things that I've studied over the years and was a history major. And, um, but uh, the state school that I attended up in Minnesota, they had the Bible as an English class to, you know, read different writings like it was poetry. And, you know, that's what it is to some folks. You know, it's just kind of some nice reading. Or it's a, it's a history book, and 
And again, it doesn't all work together, so you really can't believe it, but it's just a history of the Jewish faith and the early church. And again, that's just sense knowledge. No understanding that this is uh, God's word. This is uh, inspired words from, by the Holy Spirit written down by men, written down by people. Inspired words by the Holy Spirit. And, and I look at uh, love letters written for us. This is our manual for living. And as uh, for the believer that's open, that's, that's um, engaged, the, the, the words become alive. It has life to them. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Uh, Matthew 4 says, uh, the man cannot live by bread alone. We need that for our bodies, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We can't live a real life without the word of God. And so if we're going to talk about healing, you've got to have a revelation that this is the word of God. Otherwise, otherwise you're not going to be able to walk really in, divine, in, in God's divine healing without having that revelation. So that's, that's the first um, vital fact. And, and again, it's, uh, there is a legal part to healing, but I think over the years, and I think I, that I, like early on when I was saved, I was more on the legal side of doing things right. I had a covenant with God, and I do my part, and he does his part. But it's a, it's a covenant of love. And so much of what I, because even if I don't do everything right, his love and his mercy and his grace covers me. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, when, when, when I'm reading the, the, the word and I'm thinking about healing, I'm thinking about it in terms of his love for me. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, hopefully a good father to my kids. I've got four kids. And, and I don't want my kids sick. I want them well provided for. I want them to do better than, than I'm doing. I mean, I want to be healthy. I want to be doing well in my life. I, you know, I, I don't want to just get by. And if I'm a, a good father, I think I am. I try to be anyway. How much more? I mean, he's the, he's the father of all fathers. He's really father and mother but that's a whole other sermon. Um, but how much more is he a good father and wanting good things for his kids? And so we get the heart of God. And, and then the whole thing about Jesus, Jesus came to show us the father. They had a lot of misunderstanding um, because of the, the, the Jewish law and all the tradition that, that, that they brought into, uh, uh, you know, the temple and all different things. And they, they, they really just got away. This was based on a legal basis. But God loves us. He's for us. He cares for us. He's a loving father. And certainly, wouldn't he want health and healing for his kids? But, um, but anyway, so, so, so the first point tonight, the first vital truth is you got to have a, a love and an a understanding of his word and to realize, I mean, you're reading God-inspired words. And we need this to, to, to live by. These words are, are the, the most important words uh, and that, that, that we need them in our hearts. Okay, so that's the first point. The second thing to, to know, vital truth, is God is a faith God. And we've over the years taught a lot about faith. But God is a faith God. Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is the assurance that, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, 
being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. There we go, talking about the senses. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It's divine revelation. It's revelation of God and and his will and his plan. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old had, a, had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the, whole world, that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. And then jumping down to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists, that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. And so he is a faith God. And so for, for we, we need to know what the promises are. How can we have faith in something we don't know and understand? Uh, what does Romans 10 say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, so, so if we're going to walk in divine health, we have to know the promises. We have to know the promises and put them in our heart. And, and God has uh, put in our heart the ability to believe it. He'll reveal it to us. It's by the Holy Spirit. He'll reveal it to us. We believe it. And then Romans talks about confession, speaking out what we believe. And then that brings that uh, belief into this natural realm. So he's a faith God. We need to live by faith. It says four times in the New Testament, the righteous live by faith. We live by faith. We live by what we believe. We believe the word of God. We believe his promises. We, you know, and we, we put them in our heart on purpose. And it's not a, a, a one-time thing. You know, um, faith, it says there in Hebrews, faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is not uh, something we learned 10 years ago. Faith is not something we learned five years ago. Faith is fresh. Faith is now. And so if you've let your Bible reading slip, your confession slip, I just want to encourage you, pick it back up. Because it, it, it's, a, it's a now thing. Sometimes we kind of uh, live on mental ascent things that we know in our minds. But I mean, it's, it's got to be here in your heart. And we, we, we like to say faith is in two places. It's in our heart and in our, in our mouth. So that's the second. And, and you should, if you've been here, many of you, uh, I, I know all of you, you've been here, you know about faith. But he's a faith God. And he says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him out. Um, and so faith is important. All righty. Now, the third truth, I'm just jumping down to this third one here. Let's look at Psalm 91. Before we even want to get into healing verses, I think there's a a bigger picture that we need understanding of. Psalm 91 will show that to us. Uh, Psalm 91, verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So the first thing you have to know, I think even before 
knowing about he, uh, health and healing is that God wants you to live a long, satisfied life. Now, we can all have interpretations of that, but I can tell you one thing. He doesn't want you to live a long, uh, sick life. He doesn't want you to live a long, broke life. He doesn't want you to live a long, depressed life. He says that he wants you to live a long, satisfied life. Now, we can talk about years, 70, 80, 120. I mean, that's really between you and God. Um, but he's got things for us to do in, the, in this life. And we're going to need these bodies to do that. Now, I like what Paul says over in Philippians 1, and I want to read that. Philippians 1, and this is something that I, I'll read at a memorial service or a funeral service. Um, because this is important to know. Um, Philippians 1, verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet I, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Now that messes with a lot of tradition because we, not we, people say all the time, God took this person. Have you heard that? God took this person. And, 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 and I understand that, but I, I think we have more, a lot more authority to do in when we leave this earth than we realize and so uh, I don't think God's taking children to be with him. I don't think God's taking teenagers to be with him because he needs another angel in heaven. You know, so there's a lot of things we say. Now, I will say this. What, you know, let's just say that you, you do leave early and, and you haven't finished your race and finished what the Lord has for you. Well, we have victory then. It says it's far better to be with Christ. So we win. Now, there's, there, there is some unfinished business, and someone else will have to pick up that business. You know, it still needs to be done. Whatever your calling, whatever your race was to be, still needs to be accomplished. But I think we have the option to live the long, satisfied life. I believe it's by faith. And, and you know... It's going to come down to it, you know. Anyway, I'm just saying you have more authority. I, I don't, I don't believe that God's just taking, take, taking people. Yeah, we we choose. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I'm hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Again, it's far better to be with Christ. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful to you. And being confident of this. I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. And so I, 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 this long, satisfied life, whatever years it is, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120, whatever, whatever it is, a long, satisfied life is walking in the will of God of course, the, you know, the general will from the scriptures, his promises. But it's also his specific will for your life. He's got a race for you to run. He's got a plan for your life. He wants you to, to know it. He's not hiding it from you. He wants you to know and understand it and walk in it. And then not only walk in it, but fulfill it. 
And to me, that's a long, satisfied life. And, of course, we need these bodies to do it. I can't fulfill my race sick and broken and, and half a person or whatever. I can't do it. I can't fulfill my fill the, the race he's got for me. I need this body. It needs to be healthy. So, I mean, we haven't even got into healing promises yet. But this is something vital for you to know. He has got a long, satisfied life for you. And, you know, the enemy is trying to take it. The enemy is trying to discourage you. The, the, uh, the enemy is trying to, to lie to you and say, well, it's not going to come to pass. All the mistakes you've made, look at where you are. It's never going to happen. The vision and dream, it's all a lie. He is a liar. Don't believe his lies. I remember when uh, I was ordained, um, I was saved at 19, and the Lord uh, spoke to me about, uh, I was at Oral Roberts University when, uh, when I was about 21, and he spoke to me about full-time ministry. And I, I knew I was called to full-time ministry, not just the believer's ministry, which we're all, we're all part of that. Um, I'm a believer, I walk in that. But I was called to, to uh, give my life to the ministry, to be a leader in the body of Christ. I didn't know at that time I was going to be a pastor. I thought I'd be a traveling minister or a missionary or something like that. Um, but we didn't start the church until I was 33. That's 14 years. And I uh, left ORU, came here. Uh, we moved, got married, came here, was working in business, all kind of things. And at, and at some points in my life, it seemed I was getting further, like every step I was taking was getting further and further away from full-time ministry. Now, everything I was doing, I was doing my best to follow him. I don't feel like, you know, he was leading me to do certain things, and, you know, it, it kind of felt like I was missing it, but I felt like I was doing what he was telling me to do. Um, but at my ordination, um, so we started the church in 90, in September of 95, and the grand opening in November of 95, but we got ordained that fall um, in, in Tulsa. And the minister was, was coming along and praying for people and, and came to, to Susie and I. And one of the first things the minister said to me was, you're right on time. You're right on time. And that didn't mean anything to anybody, but it, it, meant the, it didn't even mean anything to Susie. It just meant something to me because I felt like I was way behind. And so... If, uh, if you feel like you're behind, even if you are behind, God can catch you up. So don't, don't let the enemy tell you it's over, it's too late, it can't come to pass. It's all lies. He's just telling you lies. God can get you in place. He can do some amazing things. Just read some of the Bible stories. Uh, we, we, we talk about Joseph, and there was a time frame there, but uh, Eddie and I talk about from the pit to the palace. He can do some amazing things in our lives as long as we don't give up, as long as we don't quit, as long as we keep believing, staying close to him, doing our best to follow him. And, and so uh, he's got a long, satisfied life. And, and don't let the enemy uh, uh, lie to you about a certain age or maybe something happened in the family. I mean, some people, the enemy lies to them, you're going to die at this age. I've all kind of stories we've heard about that. People I know and don't know 
about dying at 40 or 50 or whatever. Don't, that, that's not God. That's the enemy. And so don't take those thoughts and, and accept those thoughts. And if he starts coming to you with that, you just, uh, we'll get more into that, but you just rebuke him and say, that, that's a lie. I'm not, I'm not accepting that. Everybody say, God has for me a long, satisfied life. I ministered to one, uh, uh, this, is a, this is a minister over a, a, a missions agency. And, you know, he's got like, they have like supporting like 80 uh, missionaries all over the world and all kind of things they're doing in their ministry. And he's about um, maybe mid-60s, maybe early 60s. And we were in a service and I just felt to go minister to him. And I went over and laid hands on him and I said to him, and to me, it just, you know, it seemed kind of silly. This is a seasoned minister, been in the ministry a long time, 30, 40 years. And here I am saying to him, you will live a long, satisfied life. And talked to him about living a long life. I talked to him about being healthy and whole. And he talked to me um, after the service and he, and he said to me, you don't realize how much I needed that as I felt like I was dying this was years ago. I felt like I was dying. I felt like uh, I was going downhill fast. And what you said to me was a confirmation of some things I've been reading. And really, uh, and it's the word, but someone had prophesied the same thing to him a few years ago. And it brought that back to him. And it invigorated him. And now he is going strong. But I'm telling you, the enemy's a liar. And he's, he's good at it. Tries to hit you when you're weak tells you all kind of lies. That's why we've got to know this book. We've got to know these promises. We've got to put them in our continually, daily, feed on it, put it in our hearts, speak it out with our mouth. Amen. Long satisfied life. And we're going we're gonna to know and finish our race. Believe that. Put that as far as your confessions. We're going to know what the race is. We're going to run it well. And we're going to finish it. Amen? Okay, now let's get into healing. And I'm just going to kind of take you through a quick thing. Uh, uh, some, quick, some verses here on healing. There's a whole lot of healing verses. I can get you a whole long list. You probably already know them already. You probably got them marked in your Bible. But I, there's three main healing verses that I like to go over with people if I'm talking about healing. Or if I was ministering to somebody and I only had a few minutes to do it, I would pick these three verses to, to, to go over. So let's start with Isaiah. And what I'm establishing here is it's God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for you to be whole. It's God's will for you to be strong. Talking in your body. Jesus paid the, the price at Calvary for your redemption of your spirit, but he also paid the price for the redemption of your body and your soul, but certainly for your body. It all happened at the same time, happened at Calvary. Let's look at Isaiah 53. Y'all doing okay? Isaiah 53, verse 3. You need to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read a few verses here. Isaiah was a prophet. He's a seer. The Holy Spirit is showing 
him something in the future. And Isaiah is writing it down here, putting it in writing, and he's, he, he, uh, this Holy Spirit is showing him the Messiah. Look what it says. Verse 3, Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised. Who's he? Jesus. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men. He's telling the story here. A man of sorrows and pains, acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Now listen. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet ignorantly we considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if it was with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. We are healed and made whole. And so Isaiah is talking here um, about Jesus going to the cross, all that happened at Calvary, all that happened in redemption. And certainly he paid the price for our sins. He bore in his body our sins, the uh, the the sins of humanity. Uh, we, the only way we can have eternal life, the only way uh, we can go to heaven is through Jesus, through the, the sacrifice that he made. He was the lamb um, slain for our sins uh, since before the foundation of the world. He was the sacrifice. But what Isaiah is saying here also is he paid the price for us to be free from sickness and disease at the same time. It would go on and read down in verse 10. It, it, the, the Bible says that it pleased God to bruise him. I mean, it, it's just, you're going to need a revelation to understand that. To, to, to lay, but, but he, was the, he was the sacrifice for us. And, and so clearly he's talking about um, not only bearing our sins, our iniquities, but bearing our sickness. God wants you well. Jesus paid for you to be well. Jesus paid the price for you to be whole. Receive, you know, um, and we, 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 hopefully you've received, I, I know everybody here has, maybe watching by live stream, I, I know you've received eternal life. You've been saved, right? You know that you're saved. You know, I hope we don't have people going to the, the altar every time someone gives a salvation call. I hope you know that you're saved. Even if you've missed it and made mistakes, you know you're born again. You know you're going to heaven. You know your spirit's been re- recreated. How do you know that? The Word tells you so. The Spirit of God's revealed it to you. What, and, and so you have that, that confidence. And so when there is the altar call, you stay in your seat. Even if you miss it that day, because you why? You know you've been saved, right? You believe it. You know it. Well, in the same way, we, if, we're, if we have pain in our body, we're not feeling well, we have to have, that, have to have that same knowing, hey, I know I'm feeling something, but the word is stronger than my feelings. The word is stronger than my senses. By his stripes, I am healed. 
Jesus paid for it. He paid for it 2,000 years ago. I'm going to accept the sacrifice just like I did for my salvation. And really, if you do a study on salvation, it, it, it's, it's, it's more than just going to heaven when you die. The word sozo, it's talking about uh, deliverance, protection, healing, provision. All these things are involved in, the self, in salvation. And certainly our, our healing and wholeness. And again, I'm just going to tell you again, I know you know it, but I just, I just want you to, to, to say it to you. God's will for you is health, healing, and wholeness. Your whole life. That's his plan. That's his will. Now the enemy, we know what John 10, 10 says, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He is constantly working to disrupt God's plan. He does not like you walking in any of the benefits. He doesn't want you to finish your race. He doesn't want you to fulfill your call. He doesn't want you to have joy and peace and for you to to touch others with God's love. So he is doing whatever he can. Offense, strife, physical situations, um, things with our finances, all kind of, you know, and if he can't get to you, He's trying to hit those close to you, your kids, your dog, other family members. He's, he's trying to get to them to get you to back down, to get you to, to, uh, to, to quit, to give up and say, well, just forget it. It doesn't work. The thief comes to still kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. The Amplified says, a life overflowing with good things. Certainly healing is a part of those good things. He, he wants us to walk in overflow health, overflowing health. That's his plan. Enemy wants to, to deal with that. All right, so Isaiah, looking into the future, saw the Messiah, saw Jesus, wrote it down. Now let's go to Matthew 8. Isaiah 53 becomes a reality in Jesus. Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he drove out the spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick. And thus was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy from Isaiah. He came to show us what God was like. He went about preaching, teaching, and healing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and went about healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So many times, you could read in the gospel, it says, he healed them all every kind of sickness and disease, including cancer. All, he healed them all. And then what does it say over in Mark? It says, you know, that he could do no mighty works. It was talking about uh, in his hometown. He could do no mighty works. Why? Because of their unbelief. So for believers... We need to believe the promises. We need to know the promises. We need to believe them. And it can, again, it can't be something you heard five years ago. 
faith is now. And so I think healing scriptures are pretty important. I think we need these bodies. Now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not just, just read healing scriptures all day long, but I think they're pretty important. Third John 2 says, beloved, uh, John says, beloved, I pray above all things that thou may be in health. Even as your soul, you know, he wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. It's important. So healing is important. All righty, so Jesus fulfilled um, uh, what, what, what Isaiah said. Now let's, let's look at 1 Peter 2.24. And now we're going to, this is Peter writing, and this is Peter looking back now. So Isaiah is looking forward. Jesus fulfills it, and now Peter is looking back to Calvary. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He, who's he? He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. You have been healed, past tense. New, New King James says you were healed, meaning it's been the past. <laughs> you were healed. So those are, those are um, three scriptures, three main scriptures I like to go over. I've got a whole bunch of other ones. Uh, Psalm 103 says he heals all our diseases. Psalm 107, he sent his word and healed me, delivered me from all destruction. I mean, there's, uh, you know, uh, Proverbs 4. I mean, there's a lot of different scriptures that I know about healing um, that I like to refer to. But these are three that I, I think are really strong in, in, a, in a short time bringing you basically the gospel of healing here uh, that is God's will for, uh, for you. Now, then, now listen to a couple of these statements. If it, is not, if it is not God's will for me to be well, if it's not God's will for me to be well, it would be wrong for me to seek recovery even by natural means. If it's not God's will for you to be healed, then we'd be missing God by going to the doctor. And that's why I didn't understand why my grandmother uh, would used to say to me that sickness was sent by God to, to teach her a lesson. And I never could understand then why she'd go to the doctor. That made no sense to me. Why go to the doctor if he's trying to teach me something? And then what kind of God is, is, is going to hurt his kids and, or punish them by some kind of physical ailment? Is that a, a loving father that we want to follow? If I hurt, if, if I broke, you know, arms or did different things to my kids like that, I, w- I would be in prison. And the things that God's accused, I mean, he should be locked up for all of eternity. So if, if it's not God's will, why would we even go to the doctor? But then look at this statement. If it is God's will for me to be well, and I'm telling you tonight it is, then it is only logical that the best way of recovery is by divine means. And, again, and I'm standing here tonight, I don't, I'm not against the doctor, going to the doctor. I'm not against vitamins. I mean, we, you know, you can't live on Snicker bars or Twinkies. Do they even have Twinkies anymore? 
I don't know. They do? Uh, I, you know. <laughs> I, I used to get that. Uh, my mom just about every day would put a Twinkie in my, in my, my lunch, you know, ba- paper bag, whatever. For but anyway, you can't live every day on Twinkie. Now, she had like carrots and other kind of healthy things in there. I got my little milk carton. But you can't live just on Twinkies and, and junk food. Wouldn't that be great if you could? But you can't. And you have to sleep. You can't just run without ever getting sleep. I mean, whatever the hours that you need, there's a certain amount of hours of sleep. Uh, we need to move our bodies. If you just sit there in a chair and watch TV all day, and you just do that every day, this body is going to break down. Uh, you know, if, if you're constantly dealing with strife and stress, and you don't do anything with that stress, that's going to affect your body. So I'm not saying there's not natural things we're supposed to do. But, you know, do all those things we need to, to do. I mean, you know, do healthy things. But don't leave out divine healing. Don't leave out. Then one of the most important things is, is putting God's word in your heart and knowing what his will is for our life. And, and I'm not against doc- doctors. Doc- doctors have saved a lot of Christians from dying young. And it is amazing what they can do in natural means. But what are you going to do? And I've been there when a doctor told a believer we can do nothing else. And their faith was in the doctor. And so they just basically died in a few days because their hope was in the doctor. What are you going to do when the doctor says there's nothing else we can do? So I just recommend, I mean, go to the doctor, do what, you know, but go to the word. That's and it can and that's, the, that's more important, especially when the doctor gives you a bad report. Whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Now think about this. In the Old Testament, in the temple, they had the Holy of Holies. And, 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 and you can even read how it was built and there was just so many different parts and pieces and gold and certain type of wood and all the way they built that. And this, even the box, was built in a certain way to to house God, right? God was very specific about that whole thing and who could go into the Holy Holies, all the different things. How much more so if we're the temple of the living God, our bodies are the temple. Doesn't it make sense that he would want the, the temple to be taken care of and be as, as well made as, the, as the, the natural temple for the Holy of Holies? That just makes sense to me. It's important for these bodies to be well. He wants these bodies well. He made us to be well. And it's the fall, it's sin, it's the enemy that has, has worked in this earth to, 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 to make it so that we live less than what God has. Amen. All righty. All right, so what have we talked about so far tonight? We've talked about um, the importance of the word. We've been talked about uh, living by faith. We've talked about um, God's will is healing. We've talked about living a long, satisfied life, running your race. Now, the final thing is I want to talk about tonight 
And, and this may be really one of the more important in a sense that this is where the battle is in this last point that I'm going to talk about tonight. If you got your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is where the rubber meets the road. You have to learn to deal with your senses and realize God's word is more real than your senses, more real than your feelings, more real than your emotions. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says this, For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, that we lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now, what's this talking about? This is talking about your mind. This is talking about your thinking. And we're thinking all day long. We're thinking all day long when you're, you know, and you're getting up, you know, going through the day, you're at lunch with people, you know, afternoon at work, wherever you are, at home. You're, you're thinking, and, 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 and sometimes some of the worst thinking we do is late at night for a lot of people when it's the midnight hour, so to speak, and you're kind of alone with your thoughts. And all kind of things are running around in your mind. You, maybe you're thinking about your life and thinking about this problem or thinking about this situation. And, of course, the enemy is going to remind you. I mean, you know, we have ten fingers. You could have nine healthy fingers, but if you've got pain in one of them, what's the one you focus on? You forget all the, 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 the you know, you don't count the other nine blessings. You're focused on the pain. And that's what happens so many times in our thinking. And what the, what the scripture is saying here is you've got to cast down lies. You've got to recognize lies and imaginations and things that are from the enemy. And that's why it's good to have uh, faith friends around us because you can locate people in their conversation. Now, you do it in a gracious way, but Eddie and I, I mean, we've got a good relationship. If Eddie, you know... It starts uh, speaking doubt and unbelief. I'm going to correct him. I'm not, I'm not, you know, if he starts speaking contrary to the word of God, I'm going to correct him in a loving, gracious way. But he's going to know that's not acceptable. And then if he keeps on doing it, then we're going to have a sit-down chat. And we'll get our Bibles out and go back over and say, and say what does the word say? Because... You know, and so we need people around us. I mean, I've had it where I've said certain things, and because my, my kids are trained well, they'll correct me. Now, I hate it. I do not like it. Makes me mad. But I, I, I obey. You know, if they said, Dad, is that what you want? Dad, is that what you believe? Are you believing for that? 
and, and, I, and I'm quickly convicted. Sometimes you don't even realize. And by other times, you, you say things, and you know it the minute it comes out of your mouth, this is not according to the word. You know what I'm talking about? It's just the Holy Spirit convicts you. And I'll even say in, in, in some situations, I'll just say, I take back those words. Or I apologize. I didn't mean that. I take that back. Well, well, why are you being so careful on things about your words? Because how do the angels know when you're speaking in faith and when you don't really mean it? How do they know? They're, they're, they're uh, trained. It says they minister to those that are heirs of salvation. They're there to, to bring to pass your, what you're believing for. So if you're constantly speaking doubt and unbelief, now the angels aren't doing that, but it's opening the door to the enemy to do things in your life. And so we, we you know, so, so the, uh, I think Joyce Myers calls it the battlefield of the mind. That's where a battle is being fought is in your mind, and we're all dealing with it on a daily basis. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. Tom, how long have you been saved? 1980, 39 years. Eddie, since you're a kid, right? So you're talking 50 years? Uh, who's just been saved in the last couple of years? I don't put you on the spot. Anybody? How about the last five years? Wow, look at Well, this is Believer's Night. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't matter if you, you, you know, been saved a long time or, or, or a little time. These things are working. These principles are working. And we're all dealing with the, with, with, uh, uh, the, the, the battlefield of the mind. And we all get weary. You know, we, all, we, we get tired. And, of course, the enemy wants to hit you when you're tired. And where does weariness show up? In your mouth. That's when you say things you don't mean, say things you don't believe. But, it's, it, you know, it, it's saying here you've got to cast it down. And so there's a couple things that we, I want to just kind of go through this list here of things we need to cast down. The first thing you need to cast down is old people talk. Old people talk. Well, I mean, you know, it's just my time. Uh, I'm at this age. This is what we go through. I uh, got these pains, all these different things. And, and we're conditioned in the, in the natural course of the world to say all that stuff about when we get older. Who says... Show it to me in the Bible. But you can get caught up into the, and you know, and maybe the first time you say it, no big deal. Maybe it's just a joke, and you, and you just say it, and then you say it again, no big deal. But sooner or later, you keep on saying it. The believer in this, inside of you is going to believe your words. And when that happens, the connection of your believing and your words, that's when the power, the power comes. That's when what you're saying is going to come to pass, good or bad. So old people talk. <laughs> I, I don't want to be doing old people talk. Well, we're just getting older. Or how about this? It runs in the family. Oh, this, uh, this, this disease, this whatever, it's uh, inherited. It, it runs in the family. Show that to me in the Bible. I'm not saying denying that it didn't happen in your family. And I'm not saying you may have some symptoms in your body, but I'm telling you, that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. 
And so don't you give credence to that. Don't you accept that. Don't you receive that. Well, you know, I'm just starting to slow down. I'm getting older. I'm just starting to slow down. Uh, What does Isaiah say? He gives uh, strength to the weary. It's going to mount up with wings like eagles. I mean, that's some better things to say. You know, uh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, I'm strong. How, how are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, my youth is... People would freak out. No, I'm not... <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, my youth is renewed like the eagles. They're probably just going to back away. <laughs> Starting to slow down. Well, my doctor says... My doctor says... My doctor says this about me. And again, I thank God for doctors. I appreciate it. I have a great doctor, a personal physician. I mean, he's a great guy. But who am I going to believe more, the word or my doctor? And again, he's got good advice, and I take his advice. But I also go to the word. What does the word say? How about this? The internet says, I wish people when they were dealing with disease, would spend as much time in the Word as they do on the Internet. They'll do all this research on the Internet about what they're dealing with and give no attention to the Word. Why? Because that's, that's truth. And then, and then what's, God's, what's God's Word? It, does, it, it, it doesn't have any... It doesn't compare to the, what the experts are saying. Or how about this one? This is a, this is a big one. I'm just talking about thoughts now uh, or images that the Lord, uh, not the Lord, the enemy tries to put in your mind. And again, why you're at the weakest point. Oh, I can manage with this. I, I, I can deal with a little pain. I can, I can deal, I can deal, I can get by with this. Is that what we're doing? Is we're getting by? Is that God's plan for you to get by? Or what are you going to do when the doctor says, you're going to have to live with this? You're going to accept it? All right. And so that's why, and, and again, I know we all, uh, there's certain times I think we're, we're more spiritually sensitive. Um, certainly time, I know we're, we're stronger than other times. The Bible says that, that you can be weak in faith. The Bible says you can have no faith. The Bible says you can have great faith. And I know there's, there's different times we're at different places. And so it, it's important that when you're getting these thoughts coming at you that's a lie, it's, it, don't just, you know, what does what what Brother Hagin used to say? He said, you know, the bird can land on your head. You can't stop the bird from landing on your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. So these thoughts that are coming at the midnight hour, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to accept it? Are you going to believe it? Are you going to keep rehearsing it and going over and over it and then start saying it and speaking it and making it yours? Or are you going to say no, go to the Word and say no, uh, you know, uh, Psalm 103 he heals all my diseases. Isaiah 53. By his stripes, I was healed. 
again, what, you, you can't just let the words, those lies, or maybe someone's telling you lies. You can't, you got to, and the Holy Spirit will work with you, and, and he'll, he'll reveal it to you, the truth. Hebrews says that we can have our senses trained to discern between really lies and truth. You could train yourself. But that's where the battle is, the battlefield of the mind. And so this is, this is really important. And this is something we've got to think about on a daily basis. Now, I'm going to close We're right there. And I'm just going to read to you real quick. We'll just read these last verses and we'll close. Romans 4 is going to bring together everything I'm saying. And I'll just read it to you. Romans 4, verse 16. This is why the fulfillment of God's promises depends entirely on trusting God faith in his way, and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promise arrives as a pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in, in on it. Those who keep the religious traditions and those who have never heard of them. For Abraham is the father of us all. He is not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He is our faith father. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. God wants to make something out of you. He made uh, something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in the scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God and to do what only God would do, raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed. He believed the promises. He believed what God said, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw, his senses. He couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made the father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, uh, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, ensure that God would make good on what he said. He's the same God. He will make good on what he said to you. This is why it is said Abraham was declared fit before by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. This thing thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God set us right with him.